Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 44 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you're spending your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for in a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week, we had the queen of cold calling, Wendy Weiss. Today, we have as our guest, Sean Jahal. Sean co-founded DALS Lighting, which is an LED lighting business in 2009. He implemented the scale-up growth system, and that led to the company to triple its revenues well into the eight figures. Sean went on to found Elevation, a business growth and coaching and consulting firm working with entrepreneurs and their teams to help accelerate their growth while helping them find personal balance and happiness. And he's a certified scaling up growth systems coach. Uh, and Sean, first, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Randy. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And the first question is, out of your work in scaling the lighting company, is that what led you to becoming a scaling up growth systems coach? Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of business coaches out there. There's a lot of amazing coaches. I think there's something very special about having done it in your own business. Uh, it's a very different experience, right? As an entrepreneur, you take a system, you know, we hired a coach when we hit a wall. Uh, our business was a disaster at that point. We had the wrong people in the wrong seats, no innovation, you know, no cash flow. And so we said, what the heck are we going to do? We found a coach. And I'll be honest with you, Renny, we hired a coach solely based on the fact that she could speak French. We were her first clients oh. and she was the first coach in our region that could speak French. And we said, you know what? We just got to give this a try because our team is very French. And so, you know, based out of Montreal, Quebec. Yes. And so we hired her, we grew with her along the way, but implementing it yourself teaches you the highs and lows of the system. It's very different than just being taught academically. A absolutely right. It's so funny because I learned about how pension and profit sharing plans worked and I, and then I got into the business and found out that book learning meant nothing. So yeah, yeah. I <laughs> totally agree with you. You yeah. can read all you want and you can, you know, get on the Harvard Business Review and then read the Scaling Up book, which is amazing. But until you've tried it and seen what really works well and lived it in a real world experience, it's not the same. No, it makes all the difference in the world. So, you know, I got a good idea of what you do based on what we've just talked about. But why? Besides that you have the ability to do it because you put it into your own business, why are you helping other entrepreneurs? There's a couple of different reasons behind it. You know, I have this LED lighting business. It's a really wonderful business. I have this amazing business partner. It's going incredibly well. At the same time, you know, we had taken it to a certain level. I felt like the business was running on its own with my partner, with a couple of VPs. The team is really strong there. And I've always had a real passion for helping other companies, other entrepreneurs, do this. And I was seeing so many of them struggling. I spent about you know a couple of years volunteering my time throughout the entrepreneurs organization, helping businesses just on my own time, try to scale and grow. And I could see that the need is there. You know, There's really not one company in the world that couldn't use strategic planning and some type of a scaling up methodology. So you know, I really felt that taking my passion there, and I also do a lot of leadership speaking and conferences at the same time, you know, why not follow my passion? You know, I'm young, got a lot of years ahead of me, and I know what I'm doing. So just took the leap. That makes perfect sense. You know, we ought to be doing what we're passionate about 
as you probably know, I donate 100% of the profits from the work I do to charity because I learned what it takes to create wealth. And if the objective is to become philanthropic, I need to lead by example. And more importantly, it was a passion. Mm. Uh, Is there a particular charity that you support? I am the chairman of a charity. Uh, So our charity is called Champions for Life. And what we do in that charity is we help children learn about physical literacy. We really realize that underprivileged children to the ages of five and eight often don't understand how to move actively. They don't have the same opportunities Mm. as children in better environments. And so our goal is to go to all the schools. We're mostly based in Canada and going to the thousands of schools across the country and putting in an after-school program that's completely you know, subsidized by us and the government and helping these children get way more active along the way. So, that's you know, so I spend quite a bit of time and effort into that charity. That's fabulous. And it's funny because you talk about underprivileged children, maybe not moving and being as active. I really think that could be across the board. I don't care what the financial situation is of parents. There are plenty of children who are in affluent families who are probably spending too much time on the couch or the computer with video games. So I don't think it's limited to underprivileged kids. That's just my opinion. I agree with you. And it's not just limited to that age group. You know, the, my kids are 15 and 12 and I see it all the time. I feel like they're not active enough and they're spending way too much time on their electronics. So I have to encourage them. And we've really realized from, you know, more of a developmental point of view that that five to eight, age gap, which when you and I were younger, Renny, honestly, we were just out there running around. That's all we did. Yeah. Nowadays, that's not what happens. Nowadays, like you said, they're just on screens or on video games. As parents, I think we have a responsibility too. We do have a tendency to be overprotective. We don't want to let the kids kind of get out there either. I know it's become a little more dangerous, but you know, I think we have to have an opportunity to, to give our kids that chance that we had when we were younger. I feel very healthy because I've been active my whole life. I still go jogging at my age. My dog gets exercise and so do I. There you go. I can tell you look in great shape. So <laughs> so tell me what your target market would be. What, what's the target company size? Yeah, it's a very specific target. You know, we look at companies that are between 5 million and 100 million. I always look at it as the egg yolk versus the egg white. I mean, you can say, be outside say that, of that. Say that again. I, I, can't, I missed that. So companies would be between 5 million and 100 million. But I, you know, like I always like to say, that's the egg yolk versus the egg white. Oh. So you know, you could do as a company if you're a little bit smaller. So to give you an example, I have about 20 businesses that I work with right now. Uh, I was going to say North America, but with COVID, it's become international. I have a, a couple of clients in Europe and a client in South Africa. But at this point, what I'm realizing is that there are some companies that are smaller, maybe more in the million dollar range, that are on such a fast growth trajectory mm. that they can you know, afford to make the investment and jump into it. But typically what's really key is that the company needs to have a strategic team. It's very difficult to implement the scaling up methodology if you're just a one woman show or a one man show, because you know who's gonna do all the work you know, that we're yep. putting together in strategic planning. So yeah, that's why it usually helps to have a few team members participate. Got it. And I hadn't heard the egg yolk versus the egg white analogy before. So that's why I, I needed you to. Sorry, yeah, that could be a little confusing. And you know what? I think we use that a lot in our French community. There's a way we talk about the eggs and I don't know if that's a cultural thing, but I like to look at it that way. You know, you have your core business. Yep. Those are really the core people you're going to work with, but there will always be some, you know, business on the outside that you'll end up still taking on if it makes sense. Got it. Oh, well, 
like I said, first time I've heard about that. And, <laughs> and I've been around the block a few times. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, you've done well, but I, and I remember you saying the struggles the business was having before you hired a coach, but what would you say was your biggest failure, whether it was personal or business? Biggest failure, there's, there's many, but I come from a, a family business that went through a massive bankruptcy. Mm. Uh, I was part of a business that had explosive growth. Uh, my in-laws, they were basically, my father-in-law took this company public with my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and they took a bankrupt company. They put on the TSX stock exchange in Toronto, and they were able to grow the business from zero to 50 million. I joined that business when they were at about 15 million. I was the national sales manager. I was in charge of the most of the sales, but I wasn't, you know, part of the strategic team. And explosive growth up until 2006. Uh, there was a company that was bought in the U.S. that shouldn't have been bought. And then we all, most of us, will know about the recession that started in 2007, yeah. 2008. The combination of buying a really bad company that was too large, combined with the recession, uh, those those two things made the company collapse oh. and within one year, 50 million to nothing. Oh. Literally, it was a, it was a disastrous moment, spectacular crash. Uh, but, you know, like a phoenix that rises from the ashes, my brother-in-law and I had the chance to buy three companies, three of the divisions. Really, we bought the assets and inventory and mm -hmm. brought back the staff. We weren't really buying the brands. Yes. And, you know, it was such a mess that we were the only people that could really revive it. And that uh, we restarted our journey in 2009 with these three broken divisions and brought all the company employees back. We wanted to save jobs. So, you know, we had about 25 people that we were able to reemploy right away. And we just launched again. And, you know, it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah. We had no, you know, you talk a lot about money and wealth, but we had no money. We had no money. We, had, we were so poor that no bank would give us a loan. They wouldn't even support the new business venture. We had to go through a process called factoring. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes, uh, yes. It's, or, yeah, it's not, it's not you, pretty. You, know, you, you leverage your accounts receivable, yes. Accounts receivable and inventory, and you're paying yep. about 10% interest, which is absurd. Yep. So, But it, it helped us bridge the, the gap to a bank. So, Yeah. So what I'm hearing is being a part of a bankruptcy and then turning it around, buying the assets, as opposed to, well, you know, it was a lot cheaper from that standpoint, reminded me of something I did where I had a partner in an art gallery business and he wanted out. And he asked an absurd price. I said, no, you know what? I've been running the business, even though you're the partner. And so I'll just pay for the inventory. How's that work? <laughs> and that's how I bought an art gallery business. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could do it. I've come to learn in my 25 years in business that you can do a lot of different things. There are no rules, really. If you put your creativity to it, buying businesses, selling businesses, making partnership agreements, as long as you're creative, you can do pretty much anything you want. Exactly. So tell me, what would be the uh, typical feelings your prospects face when they're having these struggles? There's a lot of them. Coming from the entrepreneurs organization, I spend a lot of time with entrepreneurs. And most entrepreneurs, you know, we start with this little game called the one word open when we meet on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Renny, the majority of the time, this one word open are words such as stressed, overwhelmed, panic, not sleeping, you know, it's, it's all these negative words. So I've really come to notice that entrepreneurs in general carry a lot of stress and, and weight on their backs. And so when I meet companies, typically they've hit a wall. The wall is for many different reasons. Either cash flow is a disaster, they don't have any more money in the bank, or you know, people are causing all kinds of problems, the culture is suffering. Sometimes it's execution. They're not able to ship the products or services that they want to ship. It's very unique to every different kind of business. 
But I would say that the emotions that they're usually feel, feeling are those words that I mentioned, really kind of that, that sense that I'm not succeeding, I'm not doing the right things and feeling really down on themselves. That makes a lot of sense. What's the outcome that people achieve who work with you? And do you have a, a specific case study? I mean, besides your own businesses. Yeah, of course. No, the, the case studies are key in all of this, right? So the way we look at it, and I truly believe this, and it's going to sound like a big number, okay, Ronnie, but I, this is what I go in and this is my goal because I go in as a partner. I explain to my clients, I'm not a coach. I'm not a moderator. I'm not a consultant. I'm your business partner uh, in this journey that we're going to go into and do this together to get you success. Our goal ultimately is to 10x the business valuation. Mm -hmm. So if the business today is worth $2 million, when we leave and we're, our work is done together in the next couple of years, it needs to be worth 20. Like that's absolutely what we're aiming for and what we're going to do. I want that to happen in our business. It happened in our business. And, you know, that's what our goal is for you. Another wonderful case study that we have uh, from very recent is, uh, is this beautiful company called the Dialogue Health, uh, one of the leading telemedicine companies in mm. Canada. Uh, they just IPO'd uh, about a month ago. Oh, a wonderful, wonderful success story, explosive growth. Uh, following the methodology. So um, they have a great team. They're a really beautiful company. I suggest all your listeners check it out. Uh, they're a very, very fast moving, fast growing company right now. So they have quite the story. And I heard that. So I'm guessing prior to an initial public offering, they were just whatever they were, they were in their starting phases. Exactly. Yeah. They were, they went into startup phase. I joined them. Not, I usually don't join right into the startup phase. I joined when they have a little bit of critical mass. They had a good number of employees at that point, and we got the processes going together. A lot of deep work, obviously, to look into the strategic planning and, and all the different elements, changing the way they hire, changing the way they execute on, on their SaaS product, which is a you know a software as a service business. So you know, there are so many things that we looked at, and you know we have to be here for many many hours to talk about all the details. But it was really kind of just out of startup phase. They're realizing now they're going to start building their strategic team, the the C levels. They started bringing in key members there, which. Uh, we ended up helping with. And uh, yeah, then it just, you know, at one point it just, that explosive growth happened. And let's be honest, telemedicine, COVID, as yeah. you know, they, they do go hand in hand. So for them, they were fortunate to be at, in the right industry at the right time as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's the expression that luck is nothing more than preparation meets uh, timing or something. And yeah, the point is, yeah, they, they had the right product at the right time. And well, is there a, a resource that you can direct people to that'll further help solve their concerns, their upsets, their stress, their frustration? Absolutely. I'd highly recommend looking into uh, two books. The first one would be the Scaling Up book. Mm -hmm. Just even if you don't want to do the methodology, read the book. You can kind of see my little background here, the little purple books. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Uh, really well-written, easy easy to read. You go through it. Parts of it could be overwhelming, of course, because you know they really handle the, yep. the big four pillars that we always talk about in scaling up, which are people, execution, strategy, and cash, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that's one really, really good book that people could could look at and, and get a lot of learning from. And not to do too much of a, of a self-plug, but it, but it will be. But I launched my book last week called The Happy Leader. Mm, and I would say uh -huh. this is more of a book that if you want to learn about how to manage your stress and kind of get on that path to happiness today, as opposed to in the future, which most people do, right? Most people I speak to say, I'll be happy when yeah. something happens, this event's going to happen, this moment's going to come. I like to bring it back to the present moment. What are you going to do to be happy today? You probably go through that book and, and learn a couple of things from the, the four laws of happiness that I talk about in there. Terrific. Well, I'm going to put your website, which is uh, Sean Jahal in the show notes so people can follow up with you that way. Is that 
Would that be a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So my comment is if you've got a business that operates between five and a hundred million dollars a year, and you're feeling frustration or upset or overwhelm or stress, Sean is someone that you want to have a conversation with. It's funny, you know, Renny, the there's like three levels I always find when you're going into to this kind of strategic planning. Either you've hit a wall and things are just going really badly, or things are status quo. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not in a bad place, but you're also it's stagnant. There's just nothing happening. And then you have the third phase, which is really companies that are, they know the growth is coming and they don't know how to handle it. It's kind of like if you're in any one of those three pockets, probably worth having a conversation. Terrific. Thank you, Sean. And is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't ask? Well, I will say that for those that aren't aware that my Indian name, which actually Sean is my second name, my Indian name is actually Sukraj. And that actually means in Punjabi, the happy leader. And that's why I named the book that way. That's where it comes from. How fascinating. All right. Thank you, Sean, for being on the show. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform. And please rate, review, and subscribe. If you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.